start whenever, dude, or just try. Not that I just just try it. Did I ever tell you about the time? If you do that, that shit if you pants. do that the whole time, if I was, you do that I was the whole in, time, I'm cutting this episode really fucking short. Was it? Was it in the fucking seventies? I think, and I was, you, you know, the whole I'm glam rock, <laughs> the glam rock things. All right, welcome Go to. No, 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 no. I'm the host. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whoa, whoa. All right. Hey guys, welcome to episode three of Metal Jammin. Uh, today up, we're discussing one of the definitive metal albums of the '90s, Pantera's "Far Beyond Driven." Yeah. As usual, yes, yes. Yeah. As, uh, as, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as usual, this is your uh, so this is bad. your host Alec Maskell, and I have my co-host with me, David Kuhn. You're not you doing it Phillip in the voice. Philip Anselmo. You mean oh. Philip? I fucking like just tried to, you know. I was in the '70s and like glam rock was all the shit. So you know, we were like, I was up on stage and I was wearing this tight leather spandex. Right. And, right. and I, Let's... anyways, I shit my pants right before I fucking had to go on. <laughs> I like how when we were doing the, the pre-planning for this episode too, I kept calling him Trey Anastasio. Vast, yeah. vast fucking yeah, difference. I'll probably fish. do that like three oh. times today. Uh, I was watching a Wikipedia uh, Factor Fiction, you know, the Loudwire things yeah, that yeah. they do, right? With Philip Anselmo. And uh, and I saw a comment that said, um, uh, Phil talks in drop C tuning. And I it gave me a good chuckle. That's, yeah, that's oh. a nice, that's a nice little zing, nice Anyways, little zingaroo. Yeah, so I, I guess you're all wondering why we're talking about Philip Anselmo, and why Alex wearing a Pantera shirt, which you can't see because it's probably audio only. But oh, we can. We'll do. We'll see what we can do. But what do you mean? I just introduced the album. They know why we're. Oh, you did. I just said it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was too busy part. with my. <laughs> I was too busy yeah. with the boys. Damn it, that's the thing phil yeah. doesn't listen he just he just talks uh well yeah we're doing we're doing um like i said we're doing far beyond driven which i do believe uh that album when that album come out 94 mm-hmm. i think yes. it just turned i think it just turned like 25 no is it 25 i guess yeah. it would be if it came out 94 right that's math yeah let's see literally dude i can't do math anymore it's so bad i had fucking in spanish we have to do these things where we have to 94 like, yeah you were add right. numbers we have to uh, add numbers yeah. and uh and then write it in spanish and i have a harder time with the fucking math than i do with the, with <laughs> the actual spanish <laughs> yeah uh, i feel that though i haven't anyway, done math though, in so long it's like uh, uh fuck math anyways um, wow, we are getting real so yeah, off topic. 20, right 27, away. That's all right. Um, we're 20, 27 years after this album came out. Um, this was Pantera's seventh album that they had released and came at obviously, you know, the 90s were a weird time in metal, um, especially in the earlier 90s. You know, obviously, the late 90s was the big new metal, uh, new metal phase, right. but um. Before that, metal was kind of kind of limited in the '90s. I mean, and, it was uh, really it was dominated by thrash. 
really. Yeah. Um, you had the leftovers in the mainstream. Of, yeah. Metallica with like and Slayer. And... Yeah, and with still some like leftovers from the hair metal, you know, age. Yeah. Um, but. And then obviously with grunge, like you have like you know Soundgarden and Alice in Chains leaned more metal a little bit in that scene. Um, mm -hmm. But it wasn't to your point. Like it, there there was still a scene. There was still stuff going on with like hardcore and you know some of that. Um, yeah. But the mainstream stuff wasn't there as much until a little bit later, and then you started to get like. You know, when Tool started to become a little popular. Yeah. Um, obviously, Pantera was kind of like the leading band of the 90s. I mean, metal. well, I think like this album was kind of the... It the was the heaviest album of the yeah. time to top the uh, number one chart on Billboard. Yeah. And it got number yeah, one. So I don't know how long it held number one for it, but I know it reached number one. Yeah. Um, and it's certified platinum. Yes. Um, yeah. But it was a huge success for Pantera. Yeah. I'll go. I'll dive a little bit into some of the history of the album. So the album was produced, engineered, and mixed by Terry Date. Mm -hmm. um, Terry Date has quite an impressive career. He started off with um, Metal Church, which is I actually don't really know anything about them. I know yeah, Corey never... Taylor had them on his like ten favorite metal albums, one of oh. their records. But um, so yeah, he did a few Metal Church albums. He uh, did the Soundgarden albums. He did uh, like one of their early albums from the '80s, "Louder right. Than Love." Yeah, which was like a he did Bad Motorfinger. Bad Motorfinger. Yeah. Um. And a number of other artists. I mean, he did Dream Theater, Rob Zombie, Corn. He did Limp Bizkit. He engineered on uh, Slipknot Volume Three. Yeah. The first few Deftones albums. Yep. And Snoop Dogg. Mother, fun fact. I was actually surprised Mother Love Bone as well, which was the band that would later become Pearl Jam. Um, he did their debut album, which was their only one. The lead singer passed away. Mm -hmm. um, and he also did Bring Me the Horizons uh, Step Eternal, which was like a pretty big album in the 2010s um, for... Oh yeah, kind of like metalcore, emo rock type. Yeah, but he also did Pantera um, production for mm. Vulgar all the way through. Trend no, Hill. dude, he did he did Cowboys from Hell all the way to oh, um, reinventing the steel. And that's why we have a co-host, ladies and folks, because um, I he he worked with all of their major. I don't know if that. he worked with them before their major studio releases. But all of their yeah. major studio releases, which are the which are the ones that Everyone people remembers. recognize Pantera for, um, that's uh, he. I think he produced all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah, Perry Date, good, good, uh, good guy in the metal scene, I guess. Yeah. Very. Um, uh, he's got a pretty big, pretty big resume. Yeah. Beyond that. Um, Going into the recording for this album, the goals of the band were to reinvent themselves a little bit. They wanted to get heavier with every album, so mm. their goal was to make an even heavier follow-up to Vulgar Display of Power. Um, I would say Vulgar, you know, you could say Cowboys from Hell was definitely kind of the beginning of 
you know, it's the beginning of like the Pantera that we know, but yeah. um, even even Cowboy still has a lot of thrash on it and a lot of that sensibility. I would right. say Vulgar was the first time they really invented kind of the groove metal genre that they were known for. Yeah. And um, I think Far Beyond Driven was when they really leaned into that. And I don't know, for some reason, this album is always kind of like the... I think it's just the instruments that they're playing and maybe like their tone and just like everything they had kind of morphed and kept growing on yeah. but sometimes i even think this album has a little bit of the sound that i associate with them even more than vulgar i mean vulgar right. obviously but there's you know um yeah, yeah I think, so um i think they because i think on vulgar they to go into like sound terms, they still had very much the not as much bass, a lot of like mm-hmm. uh, mid rangey high end guitars, like in terms yeah. of the frequency spectrum. But like, I think with this album, I noticed in my listening to it uh, again for this podcast, um, they leaned more into the low end of the frequency spectrum mm-hmm. with bass and even the lower end of the guitar i think mm. um i think that vinnie paul definitely also like his drumming style on this definitely evolved from mm-hmm. from vulgar there's there's definitely like especially his kick drum sound i think yeah. it's a little bit different well i i was reading uh in one of the articles i was reading about this album um they uh vinnie paul describes he was like he would he would be doing a fill, you know, a drum fill or like a drum groove or something. And uh, the mm. producer would be like, come on, man, give me something fucking like unique and like new that you yeah. haven't done. So he would like go mm. work on something for like 30 minutes on his own mm. and then come back and record it or some shit. Like it was awesome. it was really like they they did a lot of new stuff for this album. And um, yeah. well, yeah, I just they I think um, honestly, this is. One of the albums, I know we talked about Code Orange last week, um, but like this album, I noticed a lot of similarities with this album and underneath, more so than like Vulgar, I think. Well, I mean, you know, the whole, I mean, as we talked about last week, like part of my favorite thing with Code Orange is their their influences on their sleeve. Like Mm -hmm. they literally wear band shirts all the time. Um, I know that they're, you know, I always, they're always wearing Nirvana or not Nirvana, Nine Inch Nails and Pantera stuff. And I know specifically Reba is really inspired by Dimebag's style. Um, And I know that like her soloing is just definitely, definitely. And even like the the guitar tones she uses are definitely inspired by him. And I would agree, like a lot of, a lot of this album, I think like, and even like there's some stuff on trend pill you know i know she was big on floods she likes that song but um there's more stuff on this album i would agree that kind of reminds me of what pan or reminds me of what code orange is kind of adapted from yeah um i just wanted a couple of other just quick things as you mentioned the album did go to number one on billboard 200 and eventually mm-hmm. went platinum it was at the time considered to be like the heaviest album to do that um, which it subverted even the band's expectations. Um, there's a lot of different themes featured on the album, including the identity of the band following success, kind of their struggle and trying to 
figure out who they are now. Mm -hmm. A couple songs that touch on that are Becoming and Five Minutes Alone, which is about like a dispute with a fan. Um, there's big themes of drug abuse on this album and kind of, I guess, a, the, the main permeating themes, just that and also just the turmoil in Phil Anselmo's life at the time. Um, and getting into that beginning yeah, at the I beginning was just of the experiencing album, experiencing this awful fucking back pain, man. <laughs> and like, let me tell yeah. you, I just, I had like, <laughs> it scared me, and it was oh, like God. the first time I felt vulnerable, you know, in my life. And uh, back in like, <laughs> oh, like ninety three. Oh, Christ Almighty! Started feeling. All right, all right, all right. was gonna. Um, you can't do this. The whole people are gonna be like, "What the fuck is this?" Oh, I have a good idea actually for later that you should just don't do voice for a bit. I have a good idea. It's coming up whenever it wants to come up, Alex. No, it's hold not, on to the voice. I got, I got a good idea. The, um, it's, it's an essence within me. I feel <laughs> the energy of Phil. I'll interview you as Phil. That's what we'll okay. do. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. ask you. Like, like okay. I'll, don't do it, and then I'll ask we'll you We'll do questions. that. Yeah. All right. Um, but anyways, so, what I was saying as as uh, as Phil was that uh, one of the things is he was uh, he had like started getting back pain. Yes. Um, and that's where I at least in the interview I was watching he did um that's where like. I'm broken kind of came from yeah was that and uh and he started doing he had so he had degenerative uh disc disc disease i believe mm. yeah degenerative disc disease from heavy touring um and obviously you know pantera shows were notorious for being insane like they used to destroy the venues and mm -hmm. so he he had some really serious back problems they were already you know a crazy party band and drinking heavily so that continued yeah. and then at this time, he was starting to self-medicate with, like, pills, uh, tranquilizers, and, like, you know, relaxants, which eventually led to heroin addiction, um, which totally changed the outcome of the whole band and obviously influenced Southern Trend Kill, the next album, really strongly. But um, a song on this album that kind of was a foreshadow of all of that is the song... Um, Hard Lines and Sunken Cheeks. Mm -hmm. um, and then another couple of quick things. Uh, the album, the original cover art featured a drill going into someone's anus, which was <laughs> changed for the wide release for like Walmart. Have you seen it? Have you seen the picture? Oh, of yeah. The Oh, Dude, I almost, like I understand why it's it was changed. Like, oh, it's yeah. fucking. I don't even. I think it's. I think it's just weird. Honestly, like I'm not yeah, so. I like. The, I, got, I like what they changed it to. If I'm being honest, yeah. I, I like... well, I got the record a while back, and um, like I remember when I got the record, I was like on the hunt for that one for a while, and I, I just was always like, I just want the vinyl with like the skull on the cover, and I finally found like a. French pressing that they had done of it, like a special pressing, mm -hmm. um, which had the the artwork that most people are familiar with, and it just looks it's just better. It just looks better. I like the blues I, on yeah. it more than the brown on the no, original. It's got that like X-ray vibe, but then yeah. like the contrast of the uh, of the um, of like the drill, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I th we could do a whole fucking episode on just like metal yeah. out art 
album art. We should. It's like we there's some really dope metal art out there. Um, for sure. But, but this album didn't have that except for the skull cover. Yeah. Another, yeah, yeah. my last little tidbit, and then we can just jump into the album, um, is that this was the first record that Dimebag Daryl was Dimebag Daryl. Yes, I saw that. I did read that. Um, mm. I did not know that before yeah. looking into this album, but interesting yeah. facts. Interesting facts. Yeah. Big, uh, big weed smokers. Yes. Yeah. They did. They did. They did, um, uh, they did everything. You yeah, know, I think they have. I think they have weed strains named after them. Yeah, if I'm are. not mistaken, I think. Um, well, they used to do. They used to go on stage and, and blow up these big marijuana like like things, like bubble things, oh. or not bubble, like a like almost like an inflatable, you know. And they would fucking play like Purple Haze. That's like, so like dope. Dimebag would cover Purple Haze and kill it. It's so sick. That's I'll, fucking awesome. I'll, I'll add that in on the on the video. All right. But yeah, so for the track list um, on this album, it goes Strength Beyond Strength, Becoming, Five Minutes Alone, I'm Broken. The last three, Becoming, Five Minutes Alone, and I'm Broken were the main singles for the album. Uh, Good Friends and a Bottle of Pills, Hardline Sunken Cheek, slaughtered 25 years shredding skin used my third arm rose of rejection and the only cover that i know that pantera ever did was uh on this album planet caravan which is a um black sabbath mm. cover from the original paranoid album yeah great song yeah i thought they did a pretty I good cover it. of it i mean it's kind of like that cover is it's like it's it's just it's just the song. They didn't really do a lot yeah. with it, but I I think it's interesting to hear Phil's voice over that song. I have to so. say it's actually one of my favorites. I think on the album. Funny. Oh really? It's not like top. It's not like a top three, but it's just it's up there for me. I really do love yeah. that Planet Caravan cover. Um, well, and um, I, it's so not like them to do like something soft like that. Yeah, like that type like of ballad. Metal. Well, apparently they were really into. Uh, black sabbath like record yeah. while they were recording this album so i think that's probably where i think part of what's from. cool is that this album's so heavy and has so many elements um that are just not anything like black sabbath and they decided to do like this slow song ballad singing psychedelic guitar and very like stripped back as the clothes yeah. drum on this super heavy album so i think it's a nice juxtaposition with the rest of the record well i see i would disagree with you in the sense that i think there is they they have a lot of similarities but it's if you took black sabbath and turned like dialed them up to 11 yeah spinal tap um and <laughs> like i because i think uh i'm broken has a lot of similarities to that's paranoid true in a weird way of like mm. the boom like that's kind of similar to the uh that opening riff of paranoid it's kind of like it's got similarities with like the um the groove the hammer on and, and yeah they're also like uh black sabbath is very groovy metal yeah. band and like i that's and true pantera is like kind of the father of groove metal so yeah what um I guess we'll we'll go about it the way we do, but like what are what are some of the tracks that stand out on this one? What are some of the songs you want to get into? 
Um, well, uh, do you want to just list off top threes? I'll sure. I'll do my top three. Uh, I think. Um. There's so many to pick from on there this There is. Um, I will say probably top three is um, honestly uh, 25 years uh, is up there. Um, really like that one. That was kind of a new one I hadn't really heard a lot of before this. Mm-hmm. And um, this is no particular order, I guess. Uh, and then it would probably just be Becoming and uh, I'm Broken. Mm. top nice. three um i know becoming is it's funny like everyone i think i think the big single on this album that everyone thinks of is five minutes alone yeah but becoming is one of those pantera songs that is like if like really loved i think by the true fans really considered yeah to be- well that's one of the songs i think um bears some of the most resemblance to code orange if I can like that, that like you know that like uh the screeching guitar yeah you know that's like you hear yeah, yeah. you hear not just code orange you hear a lot of like hard uh hardcore, hardcore metalcore metal bands do that um yeah but i'd that's actually cool. be interested to see where that kind of technique originated i don't know that would, that would be interesting okay. yeah i don't know if that's from like i don't know if that started with dime bag yeah um, yeah, I, I like that tune quite a bit, and I think you have a good point. That song does have a lot of the DNA of what's going on right now in the hardcore metalcore scene. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think my three for this album are I'm Broken, I Have a Soft Spot for, I love that song. Great song. Um, so hard. See, I love Five Minutes Alone, but it's not my top three, just because it's, it's, so, it's so, like... Played. like i'm so used to it you know mm-hmm. what i mean so i just think there's other stuff that really does stand out on here i think i'm broken slaughtered is one of my favorite songs and okay. um i oh there's so many i would say my number three is a tie between honestly either hardline sunken cheeks or becoming Probably becoming okay. is actually my number three. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. lock that in. I'm broken, becoming and uh, and slaughtered. I gotta get yeah. better with my top threes because right. I always end up naming seven <laughs> songs. Yeah, but... then it's like, all right, well, we just listed the entire yeah, album now. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck it. I know. <laughs> we can. I always forget. Like, we can go back to those songs, but yeah. Um, but anyway, what do yeah. you what do you like about uh? What do you like about your three? I mean, let's let's start with I'm Broken. So, I think that's a good good place to start. Yeah. Um I'm Broken, that song, again, like you said, it's a soft spot for me. I think first time I heard it, uh, I was playing Guitar Hero. Um uh, which one was it? It was Guitar Hero Legends of Ra no. All right, doesn't matter. But it, it was the one with the weird demon guy. That's like every guitar hero. That doesn't narrow it down. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it was on one of the guitar heroes. I had it on the Wii, uh, and um, I played that song all the fucking time. That was like, 
anytime I was jumping up like a level in Guitar Hero, mm -hmm. like you know, you'd be easy and then medium and then hard and then expert. Um, yeah, that was like always my song. That was one of the songs that I would play to be like, am I ready to move on to the next tier of difficult songs? Yeah. And I loved that song. It was one of the songs that got me into Pantera because of that game and also mm -hmm. that song. So I'm Broken's great. Um, one of the first songs I learned on guitar. And I think that just like that, um, that riff is so iconic. Yeah. So it's... I think that riff is like the perfect... That riff has a, even more so than some others they have, I think is the perfect encapsulation of like what the groove metal sound that they had was. Like that yeah. that riff is such a groove riff. And it reminds me a lot, honestly, of, um, I mean, if you read into it, like Dimebag was really into like Stevie Ray Vaughan and uh, Jimi Hendrix. Like he was heavily influenced by both of them mm -hmm. as guitarists. Um, and I always think of Dimebag as like the Jimi Hendrix of metal. Yeah. And um, I think they're like, when I hear the riff on Unbroken, it reminds me a lot of like, it actually reminds me specifically almost like a bit of like Purple Haze a little bit, like some of the, okay. it's because he's playing a different tuning, obviously, but he's playing in kind of like a similar spot and a similar like, system sort of yeah. it's not caged but i i um you know the hammer-ons and all that and yeah i, I don't know I, I agree with you that riff is just awesome i think you know phil's also uh vocal delivery and lyrics are great on that album and you really are on that song and you can really like feel the pain of what he was going through with his back and it's just starting he's saying like i'm fucked basically yeah you know? and and um, obviously, Vinny and Rex are great on this one. I think that Dimebag obviously stands out the most. But yeah. Great solo as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah all around, around, just like solid tune. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to go to Slaughtered because I know okay. for this listen, I was telling you that's like one of my newer favorites. Although now it's probably been about a year. But that that's like one of my favorite Pantera songs ever now damn um i love slaughtered i just i really like his dime bags riff on that as well is this really cool combo of um you know from like tremolo picking and also he's playing a lot of these like i don't know if he's doing power chords or if he's playing harmonics i forget which i like a long time ago i looked yeah. but he's playing all these crazy chords up and down the neck and like just like the the riff the main riff of the song if you look it up is like incredibly complex the way he plays it yeah i just love that tune yeah that was a good one i think um this album i had not really listened to it a lot mm -hmm. uh previous to this i had heard the famous songs but like that was definitely one that stood out to me in this uh, re-listen. The whole, like, because I really, I knew the first half of this album, but, like, it was mm -hmm. that second half. I knew 25 years, sort of, um, mm -hmm. and, like, Shedding Skin, I kind of knew, but, like, yeah. I really hadn't listened. I hadn't really heard the other ones, so that was mm -hmm. one that kind of stood out to me, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, um, and it's funny you said 25 years because that is, that's also another one that kind of, I think goes below the radar sometimes, but is mm -hmm. a really, really cool song on this album. Yeah. Um, I mean, every, everything on this album is like pretty, pretty fucking good. Like there's not really too many bad tunes. I would say at the end of the album, there's a few that are forgettable, but yeah, the um, opener is pretty good, but it's not um strength beyond strength is like one i don't usually go back to a whole lot yeah i really like the chorus for that song but i mm -hmm. the verse i think kind of loses me sometimes um yeah but yeah I, it's, and then obviously we were talking i know we were talking a little bit ahead of time about what's that uh with the one where he's like talking and Good friends yeah, and a bottle of pills. Good friends and a bottle of pills. Definitely a weird, a weird fucking tune. Maybe the weirdest song they've ever made. Uh, yeah, um, I was gonna those. say they don't really have anything like that. I mean, I guess maybe Great Southern Trend Kill has stuff that's kind of similar, but like, yeah. that's one of the more. Uh... For those who have not listened, um, that song was was originated out of like a like just a very kind of random groove that i mm -hmm. think but i think it started with rex with that bass part yeah and then, uh it I just started to on that song so good yeah it started to just become this big jam that the three musician the three you know instrumentalists in the band um started with and then yeah. Basically, if you haven't heard the song, Phil comes in and he it, the lyrics are just fucking whack. It's basically about well, him like having sex. Last night. Yeah. <laughs> it's about him like having sex with like a friend's girlfriend. It's, it's very yeah. very strange. It is and kind then, of like whack. at the end. It's at, not really See, I was listening to I was looking at the lyrics. I think at the end it's implied that the guy wakes up, finds them in bed together, and then kills them oh, okay. i think because it's like it's like because then he, he goes he says something like uh and then you came out and you slid our wrists and you probably did yours too or something like that it's, it's yeah, a weird track don't yeah the, the thing with that track is i like the instrumentals on it i like the yeah. groove that they're in and i like what i really like honestly mostly rex and Vinny on that one mm -hmm. i actually even like there's parts on that song where phil screams that are really cool like when he does yeah. like, the big screams but almost, um, almost uh reminiscent of a uh, slipknot like yes, Corey Taylor's types agree. of, you know, like when he's doing those, the, these types of tracks. Um, yeah. It's kind of. But otherwise, the, the rest of it's fucking whack. I yeah. I particularly care for it. And I think that most people would be like, what the f is this? It does make it's you really uncomfortable. Strange. It's one of those metal songs that just kind of like, it's, I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> it's like, it makes you uncomfortable. Um, the instrumentals do grow on you. I will yeah. Say that. Oh, the bass, the bass riff is awesome, and then like the way Vinny's uh, kick drums like match up with it too. It's really cool, mm -hmm. but yeah. just like obviously, it's kind of a weird song. To mention, you know, to throw this out as well, should have done this during the facts, but uh, Corey Taylor actually did like a list of his ten favorite uh, metal albums a while back, and this was one of the ten albums of. Far Beyond Driven. That was his choice for like the favorite of the Pantera albums. Um, huh. 
he just loved, I think, the production and how heavy it was and the fact that it blew up the way it did. And obviously in 94, like, he would have just been kind of, you know, 94, Corey Taylor would have been at kind of like the beginning of, like, the trajectory for the rest of his life. Yeah. That was the same year the Corn album came out that really inspired Slipknot and obviously Slipknot would start the next year in 95. Right. Um, and his favorite song is Becoming. That's like his favorite Pantera song. So mm. makes sense. But, um, but yeah. Um, well, I want to also touch on this uh, because this is a hot debate between me and you yes. about whether this is the best. Well, your opinion is that this is the best Pantera album, I believe. Right. And then my opinion is that Vulgar is the best Pantera album. I am mixed between like saying that it's the best and saying it's my favorite because I can understand the argument for Vulgar. Um, I mean, Vulgar is an amazing fucking album. Yeah. But there's something about this album that I just feel like is like them at like the perfect moment of like when they made it and they like solidified their sound because. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that, like, I just think this album's track list flows really nice. I think that it's it, the songs flow from one to the other perfectly. Okay. I think that, um, like, it, it it moves really at like a good pace. Songs flow one to another. Thematically, it's the same. I really, I really like the production on it. But I would also say that, like, I think the production on this one's like slightly more touched up than it was on. Okay which yeah. could be a difference. What do you well, like more about Vulgar, though? The sound, or you like the songs, or what, I like, what is it? I think I like the songs more on Vulgar. Mm. I honestly like the sound of, like, the. if I was to look at it from, like, a production point of view, probably Great yeah. Southern Trend Kill is my favorite, or this one. Okay. But, uh, but Vulgar is my favorite as, like, a listener, just, yeah. like, not as a sound engineer. Like, cause yeah. it's just, I like the song, the compositions I love I, on Vulgar. Yeah, that's fair. I've had time, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I've had times where like, I actually have almost thought I liked Great Southern more than mm. Vulgar. That's not so, but I, I like Great Southern Trenko was like one of the albums that got me into metal. Like yeah. that album was my first Pantera album too. And it's the heaviest <laughs> one. So I yeah. love that album. But, um, but yeah, there's, I don't know what it is with this one. I just, it, it, I just have a soft spot for it. Um, you know, vulgar though, I can understand like there's, there's definitely some tunes on that that compositionally are phenomenal. Um, yeah. that album's also set up beginning to end with just hit after hit I, after yeah, hit. Yeah. I don't like, know. Every if, song rips. I don't know if there's a song that I'm like, I'm going to skip this one on when I listen through that yeah. album. I'm always, yeah. And usually each time I listen to it, I find something new about each song that I'm like, I yeah. enjoy. So it's, I think that's why I really enjoy Vulgar. But um, this one. I think one thing that's cool that's different between the two is that like Vulgar has a lot of like energy mm -hmm. and then we'll cut, pull back, you know, like, or even like a song like This Love, like that's still a fast song, but it's got a different thematic to it or like sonic quality because yeah. of the subject matter and like they definitely have um on vulgar it goes from like really heavy in the first 
half and then it kind of slows a little bit and there's like it, it, it's always kind of moving seamlessly between the heavy and like a little bit more melodic this album is more of just like these really big like like heavy fucking songs and yeah. then like there's less uh, there's less of that but like they the way they spliced it in on this one is very interesting like i i would almost say like good friends and a bottle of pills is like the first time you get a slower song yeah no i the think album. that is even though it's not like a it's still a pretty heavy song it's, yeah it's definitely like a le- it's almost a little bit of a break but um yeah. i think which one is it? Hardline Sunken Cheeks that has that like uh, da, na, na, na. yeah. Like, no, that is not. That's actually not at all the correct. Well, song. it's <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it has that like riff. Yeah, it's got the like um it's arpeggiated rift in the yeah. beginning, right? Yeah, so that's kind of like another one that kind of gives you a little bit of a break. Um. Yeah, I like that, and that's why I like that song because that that song is the mo- that's the one on the album that was really the foreshadow of what would come with his addiction. Yeah, and it's got that melodic quality to it. It's very kind of sad and like mm-hmm. um, just stripped back and not heavy. And then it gets heavy as the song goes on and goes back and forth. And I, yeah. I really like that on that too. And that's why that's one of like my three favorites on the album, honestly. Yeah. Or no, I said becoming was, but it's up there. But it was a close. It made it. It almost made it. It made it. Almost made it. So let me let me ask you, Phil, when you were uh, when you were conceiving right. oh, when you were conceiving this album, um, what were you going for with your vocal sounds? Like, what were you trying to do with your screams and your? You want to know what? Back in like. Uh... What was it? Ninety? Uh, fuck no. Ninety three. We recorded this album. I was like, I, you know, my back was hurting and I was going through shit and like, you know, I hadn't shit my pants in a while on stage, but like, it felt like I was, you know, like not literally, but but figuratively, I was just shitting my pants and all the time. And so you know, I think that really contributed to the to the vocals on the album, you know, and and I just I, yeah. <laughs> nice. Got a few questions more for you, Phil. Just wondering. I don't know if it's all the drug use or what it is, but why do you sound always just like a like a lazy, like a drunk? constipated fucking yeah. 80, 80 year old. You know, you I sound just, like you drive trucks and uh Well, like, let me tell you, man. Let me tell you. I smoke in the cab. I fucking I, I quit I quit school 12th grade. Did he, I had did he four actually? credits left. Okay. Yeah, he did. <laughs> of course I, I fucking Phil. I I know everything about me. <laughs> um fuck. Let me ask you another question. Why did you break up the band? Why did you fuck the bag, bro? Well, let me tell you. I, you know, we just we were all moving in different directions, and and when mm-hmm. Dimebag died, it just. And what was yours? Emulating uh, Kurt Cobain. Uh, <laughs> hey, don't don't talk to me like that. I I will fuck you up. All right, I will fucking kill you. Would you I'm like five joking. minutes alone with me? I'd fucking love five minutes alone. You know, I think one, I think one moment to cut out, to cut 
Because it's cut out of this. I think one moment that we have to mention on this song is that that one, that one specific. Because um, I know we didn't talk about the tune too much, but that one specific <laughs> drum fill on Five Minutes Alone. Yeah. You know, oh right yeah. In the middle. Yeah, yeah. That double that double kick drum part that he does. Yeah, I so think like, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was lost in the one... fill, oh. uh, so I'm trying to I'm trying to get back into David mode now. Um, well, you meant the tray, right? Fill tray. The tray, right? right. Are they yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. We should morph them as one. They're so different. They are such if, different humans. Uh, imagine if fish did. Are they both for like their, heroin, uh, though, right? No, well, I don't know. I I think Trey maybe got into some. Okay. He got into some fuck drugs. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well. okay. I think, though, how funny would it be if fucking Fish did, uh, like, Vulgar or this album for their, Dude, I'd for their Halloween that. show? I'd <laughs> yeah. love that. Well, never. They couldn't even do Metallica. They were gonna yeah. Do well, I is, didn't they had a vote on it, right? Didn't they? Or, or, yeah. So, like, I don't think their fans would want to see that. <laughs> we are their fans, bro. <laughs> well we're like well, we're we would want to see it fans. but like yeah we're not the main fish fans we're not the diehard fish fans we'd be the like, two guys that are like 40 year old dads who are who like missed the grateful dead era but like still wanted to be a part of like a jam band type thing so they found fish yeah. you know people who are in it's funny because um and then there's like the fucking these, dave matthews band fans these Which are just of, Pearl Jam fans who wanted to be a part of a, the jam band craze. Yeah, well, we didn't and start a jam band. There's no Coke with Pearl Jam, bro. No, Pearl with Jam's uh, drinking with, and what about with uh, what about well, with uh, Dave Matthews? McCready. They do Coke. Dave right? Matthews, they do fucking. They used to do everything. Oh, well, see, there you go. You know, I think it's funny we talk about. We do always mention sometimes like what. Um, you know, we've had certain albums like these where we mention it always comes up like what substances are being used. And it, it it's funny to me because I'm always thinking about like with music, um, why is that so why does that always come up? You look up the history yeah. of an album, you look up the history of a tour, you look up just whatever a band, like what they were notorious for, what they were doing, like why is that always there? And I was listening to a podcast recently, um Rick Rubin's podcast, Broken okay. Record. Yeah, yeah. Had Kenny Kenny Beats on the hip hop producer. Yeah, yeah. And he was talking about just all the different like regional things with hip hop, like the different areas um, of the country, and even you know across seas, and how each one's influencing each other, and what type of pieces are being pulled. And basically, um, you know, there's certain cadences that are popular. Like Atlanta has a certain cadence and sound and stylistic yeah. tendency that is like, you know, if you're like an underground artist there, if you're just like someone who lives there, like you're used to the underground artists, underground rappers and production that's using that. And then mm -hmm. you hear it on like a future song, for instance, or something. Um, and he was just talking about all these elements that always are, you know, causing these changes in the sound and the, the regional things. But he also is just talking a lot about like that as well. Like what is making those sounds, you know, like, did, mm -hmm. like 
um, like New York or Detroit or something like those, those cities often have harder beats with more aggressive sound. Yeah. And it's because those cities are, are struggling with, you know, different problems. There's crime, there's, there's certain stuff that's going, I mean, it's crime everywhere, but there's certain stuff that's going on there that's not going on in other places. And a big yeah. thing he talks about too, is like also like the drugs people are using and what like even you know the drugs that are just around the city and that are infecting the city and and i think it's interesting you think just about like how much substances do influence music um when you look at mm-hmm. hit, miami hip-hop in the 80s is very cocaine like influenced or you look yeah. at like even the grunge scene is obviously that was big with like heroin and stuff and it's it is crazy how like you know, every time in this, in with this album as well, it, it's it's really like, you know, those things are all affecting the artist and yeah. just changing the outcome of the the album. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's definitely no secret that like the environment and your experiences influence your art, obviously. Yeah. Um, but like, and obviously, like, I think when you make it, you you know, a lot of groups party too hard and yeah, they use stuff to cloud how they feel. And you, uh, you hear that's reflected in the music. I think also like uh, speaking about metal, like metal got its start in, in, uh, England, uh, like British steel companies and stuff, you know, like a lot of those guys, the, I think, uh, Tony Iommi was a, uh, steel worker. That's how he lost his fingertips. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, Judas Priest, those guys were, uh, those guys were steel workers. Um, so like it's I think it's kinda and like that's that really influenced the sound of metal, especially in the early days. Yeah, so it's kinda absolutely. like just Well it's always held on. Thing. I think the genre's always held on to this like blue collar kind of Yeah. Crowd in a way. Mm-hmm. Um I mean it's evolved, but yeah. I mean I just think it's interesting, you know, drugs are just part of it, and I think it's uh it is something where sometimes I'm always like with with every album or every band, I'm always like, oh, like it, it always comes up and it's just like, is it always so necessary to talk yeah. about? But then you think about, well, it's not just that. There's everything that's, you know, you think about this album too. It's like the band had just blown up with Vulgar. They were on MTV. They had just, you know, they were, yeah. you know, they played that show on the Cowboys tour where they were in Russia and it was like 50,000 or 500,000 people plus, like a million yeah. even. And it's just like, you know, you think about the fame that was going on at the time. Obviously, there was the, the turmoil in the band, back mm-hmm. pain, you know, politics of the time, whatever it may be. And it's 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 really interesting to see how all these elements come together and, um, and yeah. the sound of the record. Yeah, I think it is important to note, like you were saying, that it's not just the drugs. But not like the drugs do affect it. It's not like yeah. we're not saying they don't. And this album but, um, specifically, it was a big, um, you know, more, I mean, Code Orange had nothing like that. And even the Slipknot yeah. heard not as much, but yeah. this album very much um, right. dealing with problems with addiction and, you know, really just like a cry. It's, it's like a, it's, it's kind of like an addict's cry for help this album a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sad to say. But yeah. Overall thoughts, takeaways on the album. Yeah, um, good album. I'd say it's probably. Does it rank higher than Southern Tranquil? 
Um, not at the moment. No, mm. I think I think I still like Southern Trend Kill a little better. I I would say my ranking for the Pantera albums is Vulgar Trend Kill, and then this album, and then mm-hmm. Cowboys after that. Um, but um, yeah, it's a good album. Recommend it. Uh, I would say if you're trying to get into Pantera, I would personally recommend Vulgar, but. Um, this is also a good album well. to start with, uh, and uh, I think, yeah, heavy album, and um, some incredible singles. Mm. I also would recommend Vulgar first, because I think, um, I mean, I'm not a big Cowboys from Hell fan, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people do, that, that could also be the way to start, I guess. I think as we, you know, and we'll do probably some other Pantera albums so we can talk yeah. about this even more, but obviously with each record, they tried to get heavier. And I think it's interesting to go back and listen from either Cowboys or from Vulgar on and just see the evolution. Yeah. So I would agree oh, yeah, that's they, the way to start. They definitely got heavier. One of the few bands to really get really heavier with each album, except for Reinventing yeah. Steel, but we don't really talk about that. Um, we'll do metal news. Yeah, I think it's time for metal news. Metal news. Let's see what we have. We are gonna look at metal news. We're gonna look at the Loudwire. She. Yeah, you're gonna. This was interesting. I read this the other day. Actually, meant to talk with you about this. Okay. So Dave Grohl. Oh. Was once considering and was actually in he was friends with these guys mm-hmm. he was going and i'm gonna probably butcher the name um but he was almost gonna join that band guar or gore oh the yeah band that dresses up yeah. he was supposed to be in that band dude that would have been dope nutty I'm, i don't I, I can't even imagine that gore is like they're you know they're all right I'm not. I like them more just because like they're ridiculous. I don't know them. It's it's they're fun, you know. But like Mm -hmm. that would have been that would have been cool. Yeah, you wouldn't have been able to tell it's Dave Grohl because like none of them, (laughs) they don't really like like, you don't know their names until they're out of the band, and like like, it's kind of on acid. Yeah, they just they dress up in these ridiculous costumes. There's like dude, there's a whole like comic series around them. It's kind of wild. If you want it, I think we should do an out like a gore. Maybe oh, maybe God. not an album specifically, but like a gore lore episode because it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. That'd world. be cool. Um, All right. Yeah. I think it would be sick. I, you know, I like Dave Grohl a lot. I know we have. I know I'm not always the biggest Foo Fighters fan. Right. Um, I don't yeah. dislike them, but I'm just not always crazy about them. Obviously, love Nirvana, one of my favorite bands, but. Mm. I do, I do like Dave Grohl. I really do like even like what he's done with Foo Fighters and with Nirvana, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. I really like what he did with Queens of Stone Age a little bit as well. Yeah. But I would love to see him. Like, I know he's always been really big into metal and punk, and I would love to see him like start like a side project, like something to just on the side, different band. And I'm sure it would be more like traditional metal than like metal core or something. Yeah. That, that would be, be sick. That would be so cool if he got into like metalcore yeah. or hardcore. He, he was in a hardcore band. So. No, he's. Well, I think he's he was but... pre Nirvana. I think that was his background. Was oh, like really? Heavy music. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew he was in a punk band. 
like but it yeah. was i guess that was kind of the start of like hardcore it was like that era punk hardcore lines were kind of blurred um yeah so another yeah. one here we have uh mark hoppus from the band blink 182 is now mm -hmm. cancer free oh um, congratulations, congratulations that's that's great love to hear it also read this morning um david lee roth of van halen is yeah. announcing his retirement which i don't know if anyone's really talking about that so. i don't know if anybody cares all that much. <laughs> i just i think that surprises me because i'm like you haven't retired already i i haven't been keeping up with van halen i have no fucking clue <laughs> exactly um yeah, I mean, I'm trying to see if there's anything else here that we really, really. I guess a few. I guess one thing that is popping up here, um, you know, this year obviously was the 20th anniversary of a lot, or no, mm -hmm. third, 30th, 30th, 30th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah, 1991. Okay. 30. Holy fuck. Yeah, remember back to 1991, dude, when we were in, we were, you know, like young little kids Holy. and just. Watch Saturday cartoons. Yeah, we were we were born in two thousand. Yeah, but well, to make the rest of you feel old and ourselves a little bit, um, yeah, this year obviously thirtieth anniversary of a lot of big big albums, but a big mm -hmm. one obviously was Metallica's Black album. Yeah. Um, so I know people have been eating up the special editions for that that have come out. There's like there's a yeah. version. Uh, there's a like a deluxe edition that has like think like over eight or ten hours worth of like music. whoa i haven't i actually i think i don't know if i've listened to any of that have you heard any of it any of the deluxe well like you know the the 50th or, or 30th sorry uh that they did for that like with the um like all the with artists oh all the covers yeah have you yeah so we can mention that listen to any of that no they did so the, to mention that as well they did the the they called it the metallica blacklist and it is um 53 tracks and it's a, a, a massive variety of artists that you wouldn't even expect some of them who did covers of songs that were on the black album um and some of the and, and there's multiple like like to start the album there's there's six versions of enter sandman by different different yeah. people so it kind of flows like that there's big um like big differences yeah i or, think they got big uh, chunks they got miley cyrus they got kamasi washington they got yeah. um mark the mac demarco ghost yeah i can they read off some of the big people. ones yeah there's mac demarco ghost weezer did a cover uh, St. Vincent, which I know is like a contemporary rock band. Corey Taylor did one. Cage the Elephant did one. Flatbush mm. Zombies did one, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Seeing as how they're a hip hop group. Oh, There's yeah. A they, lot well, of that. It was kind of cool. They got like track. so many different genres to come in and do this like metal stuff. Portugal, The Man, Miley Cyrus, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, there's I mean, Darius Rucker, Chris Stapleton. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, Kamasi yeah, Washington. Yeah, and Kamasi Washington, uh, jazz tenor saxophonist. Yeah. And composer. Yeah. And Who played, played with, on, um, you know, Kendrick. Yeah, played with Kendrick. 
for uh was that to pimp a butterfly he played with him on that yeah he's actually done some he's done some writing for him over the years as well hmm. like some yeah, he's a great but, composer yeah and then the let me pull up this yeah the deluxe box set that they just released oh the Black okay Album so this is, is separate hundred separate and okay. it's basically the remastering of the original album and then uh, as i'm going through here there's a mixture of various live stuff I'm seeing England, I'm seeing Russia, probably the same, yeah, it's probably the same Russia show that mm. Pantera played. There's, there's like demos, yeah, there's a shitload of demos, there's like yeah. almost three discs of demos and rehearsal, Fuck. radio edit, take whatever this is. They like should put on tapes. the, uh, they should have put on like their recordings from their therapy sessions. <laughs> yeah, so it's 193 <laughs> songs and it's 15 hours hmm jesus i mean i'm not even that big on the original black album yeah nor, like i've grown out of my metallica phase i never go back to metallica anymore but nonetheless yeah. still pretty pretty cool interesting yeah yeah Definitely do you have anything else for for this week's installment of metal news oh i thought you were reading off the i'll look I, no, haven't, that's I haven't. Kind of, oh, that's I guess kind I haven't of really I heard it. Um, yeah, that's all uh, I saw. I don't know. I guess. Let's talk about where we're going next week. Oh yeah, we can. Because that's been going briefly. Maybe some other. That's actually been a big tour. A big tour. Yeah. So I think we've mentioned it every episode, but we're going. Is that next week? No, that's two weeks, right? No. I think it's two weeks. Next Saturday. Fuck. Okay. Um. So. I'm pretty sure. No, because it's the sixteenth. It's two weeks. Yeah. Wait, let me see. Is it? I thought it was the long weekend. Man. Well, maybe right. Oh, if yeah, that's a, that would be dope. Anyways, uh, October sixteenth. October sixteenth. We're going to um. We're gonna go see Slipknot. Uh, Kill Switch Engaged, Fever 333, and Code Orange, as we've been mentioning. Uh, after that, we'll probably do a... I mean, I don't think well, we'll do an entire episode. I was only officially coming until now. Yeah, I'm giving him a ticket. Uh, but that's uh, that'll be fun. I'm really excited for that show, because I've been getting back on Kill Switch recently. Mm -hmm. I, oh, you did ask me who I've been listening to. Kill Switch has mm -hmm. been... I've been back on the Kill Switch uh they're phenomenal i always forget how good some of their earlier albums and like even some of their more recent stuff is um they metalcore band uh obviously code orange we covered them last week slipknot covered them the first week uh you know dave i so gotta correct you though i am sorry but uh, a week from today is the show it's october 9th it's october 9th yep next saturday Damn. Infinity Center and Hartford. Let me look at my. All right, I'll look at that later. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be good. Obviously, I'm very excited, excited for, that, for that. I know Cold Orange has been killing the tour. Yeah. Really well. So. Yeah. Oh, um, actually, uh, another huge shout out. Um, I I like shouting out the the relevant bands that are out right now. I, I think Metalcore and Hardcore are really the two main like new mm -hmm. bands that I'm or new subgenres of the heavy world that I like. But um, shout out to Dying Wish. 
which just released their debut album. I've been I've been anticipating this album for so fucking long. I love Dying Wish. I think that they are a really good band. Um, Emma Bolster is the lead singer, and she is one of the only, not one of the only female vocalists to metal, but she is a, it's a small like crowd. A very, yeah, yeah, small crowd. But she's, she might be my favorite, honestly. Sadly. Um, I really like her, and, uh, she also like she kicks ass for like she she I think runs like a business too like oh. Dying Wish was like a side project for a long time mm-hmm. and and um and then they finally got around to making a record but yeah. I think it wasn't her first priority because of her other obligations but um okay. came out yesterday I listened to it yesterday it's it's wonderful it's got a lot of um. It, it's an interesting record because it's definitely in that realm of metalcore and hardcore. It leans almost a little more, I think. I, I thought this record leaned a little bit on the metalcore or like some of their guitar stuff is very, um, like very older metal type guitar solo mm-hmm. stuff and in um, like riffs. Okay. I really like that. They have a they have a unique sound, and I recommend everyone to go check that out. I think I don't want to mistake it. I think the name of the album, "Fragments of a Bitter Memory." Yeah, definitely I've check it out. To, if you haven't heard it yet. I think they released a single a while ago. I listened to. Um, yeah. but yeah, they're good. Enemies in Red. Or yeah, yeah, that was that's a, actually on this album. That um, is a good that song. Has Brian Garris from. Not almost blues. uh almost stoner metal in some ways mm. kind of like they got some you know, a little bit of elements uh, in that you know she's on the different shade of blue album yeah i think i i think you did mention that um, touch. yeah which uh maybe we'll do that album soon i would love to okay. i think um yeah i definitely want to do some more some more modern ones with yeah. some great albums that have come over the last few years. So, mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, with well, that, I think that's going to yeah. wrap up the episode. Yeah, we're wrapping up episode three. Thank you guys for uh, thank you guys for joining again. We're hoping to continue. We we will probably, we may do video for this one. We'll see. Yeah. Um, definitely want to do video in the future. I would just want to improve our quality of sound and video and Try to make it interesting for you guys because obviously yeah. you know with school right now we're gonna be over zoom so and yeah we're getting it's you know busy both of us are getting really busy so like we're trying to and we're also trying to uh figure out ways to kind of improve the flow of the episodes and like yeah. just content figure out how we can make it the most entertaining yeah. so let us know leave some comments um Let's, yeah. you know build the community send this to your friends your metal friends there's a there's only so many of us so yeah we, but uh, that's we gotta stay gotta together we gotta stay together yes. man let me tell you i oh, the biggest thing for metal <laughs> is that we gotta fucking uh stay together you know i was trying to tell like oh god i just lost it all right um <laughs> all right well thank you guys for listening uh we'll see you next week Thank you.